Hi, I'm PJ and welcome to House Daily. It's great to join together and to connect with one another again today. And today is Monday Thursday. It's the day in the life of the church where I remember the uh, Last Supper that Jesus took with his friends uh, the day before he died. Maybe that Passover meal together. And uh, there's some resources online as a church, the things we can do uh, together in the season to remember that meal. Um, Matthew Hutton this week been releasing daily reflections going through Holy Week. So I hope you've been engaged with those because it's a, a really important uh, week for the life of the church as we remember this season together. And especially when we're disconnected at the moment, actually being able to in some ways journey through the season still together is so important and say do you be connecting with those do you be thinking about that season do you be praying through the season um because it's really important and part of what we do together in house day is ensuring that we're just digging into scripture together every day at the moment we're going through the book of philippians and it's it's coming close to the end we got today and tomorrow left as we round off this book and uh, it's a letter that paul wrote to the church in philippi a church which he started the first church of europe that he started and it's a it's a really amazing letter it's a letter of thanks where paul just blesses the church there that he encourages them uh, it's a church where they're under a lot of persecution this season it's in a roman colony um they are being uh persecuted for their faith but they remain faithful they remain faithful to to god and what he's doing so paul's encouraging them and these themes that trickle throughout this letter and one of them being joy the importance of joy in, in hard times and paul digs into that again today in the, the section we're reading so if you've got a bible do you open it and we're going to be at the end chapter four of the book of philippians starting at verse two going to verse nine um and thinking about this idea of joy so chapter two, I start chapter four, starting at verse two. I plead of you, dear, and I plead with you to be of one of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Be, do not be anxious about anything, but in every, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. What an amazing round off to this letter. There's one part coming up to close, but he's really hammering home this theme which he wants to remind them about, which is joy. Being able to rejoice in the hard times, which is so important for us. And Paul's not undermining what's going on for them. He's not saying, don't worry about persecution. It's fine. He's just reminding them that there is something greater. And the same is really, really true for us. We thought about it a couple of days ago. Paul reminds them to rejoice, to take joy in what God has done for them in this season. And he's hammering that point home. 
And it's not this fake smiling joy where we pretend like everything's okay, but under the water, like a swan or, or a duck, our legs are paddling like crazy, trying to keep it all together, but trying to appear like everything's fine and extant. No, he reminds them, and it's so key to, in all these things, turn to prayer, turn to God, give these things back to God. Um, and I find it really amazing in this season that people are doing that. There's a guy called Mark Sayers. He's a pastor over in uh, Melbourne, Australia. And he, um, he's, he shared this piece of research the other day that actually the number of Google searches for prayer has massively increased uh, in light of coronavirus. People all across the world are wanting to know how to pray. There is something about hard, tough situations where we just need to desperately cry out to our creator and people all across the world, those of little faith, of no faith, are longing for their God, their creator. And for us as well, who, who know he is alive and he reigns, we need to have that same attitude of keeping, giving all these things over to God. And that's not to say that it's going to magically, magically change or our anxiety is going to disappear. But actually there's, there's such strength we take in being there and knowing we can hand it over to God and receive that peace which passes all understanding so that we can rejoice that in that light we can remember what Jesus has done for us, particularly in this week of Holy Week, where we're going to be thinking about Jesus' death and resurrection over the next couple of days. We know there is this hope for every single person that death doesn't have to be the end, that there is hope that we can take such joy and celebration in that. And it's not that saying those things go away, but actually it really focuses ourselves on what we take great joy in. And one of the consequences of this current situation of, of being locked in, I found, is actually uh, life has become so much simpler in a way that all the glitz and glamour of society and the things that are meant to satisfy us and fill with joy have kind of disappeared. And I was reading the other day a, a book by John Ortberg, who's an amazing uh, scholar, um, and he shared this idea. Uh, it's about spiritual disciplines, and he's talking about uh, celebration. And he shares this amazing piece of wisdom about celebration and about joy. He says, true celebration is the inverse of hedonism. Hedonism is the demand for more and more pleasure, for personal gratification. It always follows the law of diminishing returns so that what produced joy in us yesterday no longer does today. Our capacity for joy diminishes. And he says this, celebration is not like that. When we celebrate, we exercise our ability to see and feel goodness in the simplest gifts of God. We are able to take delight today in something we wouldn't have even noticed yesterday. Our capacity for joy increases. So how do we pursue joy? I love in this season in some ways where we're realizing so much more the things of this world becoming, as we become simpler in lockdown in some ways those things that we thought would give us joy really don't and as we turn to easter we realize and recognize the one true thing that gives us joy that is jesus and we become aware of the amazing simple things and so that's my prayer for today that we would recognize and receive that joy and like paul says at the end of our passage today the things that are good and are praiseworthy 
dig into those. So let's do that. Let me pray. God, thank you um, that you are the source of joy. You are the source of true joy. Help us to cast all of our anxieties onto you in prayer. Help us to be a prayerful people, particularly in this season. And help us to know and receive that peace which passes all understanding and to keep our time, our effort and energy fixed into the things that are good, that are praiseworthy, that are life-giving, the things that stir up that joy within us. Fill us with your spirit for today, Lord. In your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be safe. Be church. Keep washing your hands. <laughs>